0: Welcome to the Backyard Chat Podcast, where we equip parents to take in God's Word and live it out in their everyday life. Hey friends, we are back today. Today is our very last episode with Karen on the podcast, and so we have some fun planned for you guys. I thought it would be fun for us to see the whole scope of Karen and her antics. And Karen and I go back 15 years, I guess, and we have some funny stories. I really feel like we could write a book. It may only be funny to us, but some of the things that we've experienced together or each one of us and we share them with one another, some of them are very confidential, but very funny. Mm -hmm. Some of them are probably not appropriate. So we won't share those on the podcast, but if you could hear them, you would be laughing just as hard with us. Karen's laugh is contagious. And so if you haven't heard her cackle and laugh from her gut, then you're really missing out. So We're going to talk about some of those funny things today. Sadly, I only laugh
1: like that usually when it's completely
0: inappropriate. Like that's (laughs) because it
1: surprises me. Like I'm surprised by it and it just like burst out because I'm like, that's funny business right there. And she always has something to add on to make it even funnier and laugh even harder. Yeah, it starts off okay. And then I'm the friend that takes it to the place where it's like, it shuts it down. The whole thing gets shut down by my inappropriateness at the end of it. Uh, That's
0: too funny. All right, so Karen, let's start out. Why don't you tell us one of the funniest memories that you have from the last 15 years of ministry? So my funniest
1: memories are all inappropriate.
0: But for the ones that I can think of, I got to say, ministry is messy, y'all. So by inappropriate, we mean the things that we get to experience through others is just downright hilarious sometimes.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. Like it would embarrass somebody else, or it was somebody else did something that was just one of those kind of like unbelievable moments. And you're like, I can't even believe that just happened. So, so one of my funniest moments in ministry is one that I'm laughing over here
0: because. I'll just never forget your face. It was like, a, like living through a Saturday Night Live skit and having to be in control to like fix it. And there was just no fixing it.
1: It actually started a week or so before. And we had a new employee who had come from a different denomination and had some pastoral abilities. And the pastor that was leading the church at the time, this wasn't even this church, was leading the church at the time, we had gone on a mission trip and left me in charge, but had asked for the new pastor employee to conduct the Ash Wednesday services. So the Sunday before that, Ash Wednesday, he was going to preach, and I was not even on the schedule for worship at all because I was handling all the other things. So I went and sat in the back just in case there was a problem I don't know what even prompted me to do that. This is a traditional service. So the choir starts to sing the introit, which I knew to be about a minute long. It was a very short little chorus they were going to sing. And I look up and preacher guy is walking like super fast toward the back of the sanctuary and out the doors. And I realized, I thought, oh my goodness, he must have gotten sick. Like, you know, why would you leave like that? So I go immediately, as soon as the introit's over, it's time to welcome and whatever, and there's not not anybody to do that. So I jump up from the back seat. I'm walking the whole way up there. Luckily, it wasn't a huge sanctuary, but people are looking around like, who's coming? So it, and nobody knew, so it looked like I just wasn't in the right spot at the right time. So I go up, and I'm like, you know, good morning. I want to welcome you to worship. Your voice was totally shaking. So here's what happened. I'm like, good morning. I want to welcome you to worship. And right when I start that... Here he comes back in with a steaming hot cup of coffee pointing at it, the coffee going, sorry, sorry, just mouthing the words. And so then I was was like, who does that? And I could not control how frustrated I was by the moment. And my voice just started shaking. It started shaking <laughs> so bad so that bad.
0: I was in the, the room where my office was, where the speakers were piped in, and I could hear your voice. I thought, why is she crying through the, the intro to worship? <laughs> I was like, this week, will be, we'll have a
1: potluck. And it, it was awful. And it was that whole adrenaline surge. And so that, for me, was like a huge moment because I was like, whoa, i got to learn to get my emotions in check. I, that should not have caused an adrenaline dump. But it did, and then I couldn't even control my voice. There was like no hiding it. So but flash
0: forward to the Ash Wednesday service when it really went down.
1: Yeah. This one, truly, I still say this every single Ash Wednesday, uh, something about this story. So same guy is going to preach a homily, which is usually about eight minutes. Brother wrapped it up after about 35. It was not even close to anything that you would typically do for an Ash Wednesday service. And neither of us were ordained or even licensed at the time in the United Methodist Church. And so we had a retired elder who was there who was going to do the imposition of the ashes. So when Preacher Boy finishes preaching, he's standing up on the stage. I'm sitting on the front row. The little retired elder is sitting on the other side the elder could not navigate steps anymore. So, you know, he couldn't just go up and get the ashes. I needed preacher boy to get the ashes and hand them to him. So I'm just like the whole time I'm trying to Panama. I'm like, get the ashes, handing the ashes. He needs the ashes. And I'm just like over and over. And I'm like, I mean, he was looking straight at me, but just with this blank stare, like he didn't understand what I was trying to say. And I was
0: like, the ashes, get the ashes. I'm making the sign of the cross on my head. And I'm sitting next to her, and I'm thinking she's calling them a bad word. And I was like, chill out, Karen, because <laughs> she's miming the words. And I'm like, man, they're not that bad. And then she's <laughs> scooting to the edge of her seat. All of a sudden, she jumps up and runs for the ashes, and then I got it. Yeah, so I I went up, and
1: literally all I needed to do was pick up the ashes and <laughs> hand them to somebody. There's no fixing that. So I pick them up. I act like I'm saying some kind of prayer over him, and then I walk him out to the elder. Like, I didn't even say anything. I just walked him out and made a presentation of the ashes to the guy who was going to do it. So bless his heart, he had had some neurological issues, and we thought that he was better, but he really wasn't quite better. So the little... Elder shuffles up, and he has since gone on to be with Jesus. And I'm so glad that he finished his race and finished it well. But he shuffled up to the place where he was going to stand, and he turned around. And as the usher started to bring people up I, on the front row, just feet away from where all this is happening, and instead of saying, you know, from dust you have come, to dust you'll return, or remember your mortality, or anything like that, anything remotely that has to do with <laughs> Ash Wednesday... He starts saying what you say on Baptism Sunday, which is in January, typically. He's doing the sign of the cross with ashes and saying, remember your baptism. And people are just looking over at me like, what? And I just,
0: I just. You hold your hand on your head and you start sinking down in the pew, like, just get me out of here. I
1: could not wait for that service to be over. The whole thing. It was like a Saturday night live skit. The it whole was, thing front to back was like a Saturday night live skit. It was skit. like
0: people trying to play church and getting it all wrong every step of the way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of my funniest ones. So every year on Ash Wednesday, I'll usually text or call somebody and say, Hey, remember your, baptism, remember your baptism.
0: That's so funny. So we've had a lot of bloopers and there's one that sticks out in my mind of this incredible Sunday that we had as a team. We had come back from the Orange Conference. We were ready to reach the next generation and people needed to hear what we had to say. We had this whole plan to ask people to jump on board with us. And we had a whole panel discussion for the sermon time and then tell us what happened karen what was the big blooper that happened that sunday well that would be me the big blooper
1: was y'all gave me a microphone that was the <laughs> first that was your first problem so i was kind of at that point in the service i was moderating a little bit of the discussion and we had gotten to like the climax where we had planned it so that there would be information and inspirational points all along the way and then at the end we were going to make a really big request and ask people to get involved in serving and some other ways in children and youth ministry. And so I said, and I've heard this said before, it wasn't like I made it up. I said, Melissa has a big ask, but it wasn't the K, it was not as pronounced as it should be. And so it didn't sound like Melissa has a big ask. And then I agreed
0: with you. I said, yes, Karen, I do have a big ask. And everybody was laughing. We had no idea why they were giggling. We carried on like so passionate about what we were talking about. But the worst part is no one told us. And so we did it again in the next service. Yeah, we
1: were doing multiple services and nobody bothered to tell us. And so after the whole day, after we'd done that bit, you know, (laughs) several different times, then at the end of the day is when somebody finally said, you know, that didn't sound like that. And then I was horrified because you couldn't go back and fix it.
0: So now whenever Karen says the word ask, She always enunciates the key. I used to go ask. (laughs) That's some good stuff. All right. So let's talk about, let's take it in a different direction. Why don't you share with us? I know that you have had so many incredible and very meaningful moments in ministry. Maybe share with us one or two of the sweetest, most tender moments that you've had when serving others. This one's easy. I have had so many. I, I I could
1: talk for hours and hours and hours about all of the ways that I've seen God show up and do amazing things. Early on in my ministry, it was watching, specifically women at the time, because I was doing women's ministry, watching women come into a deeper relationship with Jesus, like understanding that when they opened his word that God would speak to them through His Word. And so that was probably—that got me out of bed every single day to go back and do it over and over and over because I could see not only it changing their lives, but changing the strength of their families. And that was just powerful to know that God would let me get to watch Him at work in their lives. And so— I just got to see women that would come in and didn't know how to find a book in the Bible. Those women grew and grew and grew. And some of them have even gone on to be um, Bible study leaders. They've written Bible studies. And to get to see them from the beginning all the way through what God was calling them to do was just huge. Another one that was dear to me and will always be dear to me is I got to baptize my college roommate. Now, it was 30 years 30 years after I started praying for her. wow! When we lived together, when we were in pharmacy school, I started to pray for her then and just was relentless in praying. I was just relentless. I just did not want to leave this earth without her. And so when I got to baptize her, it was just one of those moments where it was just like, man, I would just say to anybody, just keep, 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 keep praying. Yeah, because y'all
0: didn't really even see each other that often. And she just called you out of the blue, right?
1: Right. Like we would, um, she had family still in the area. So every year, year and a half, two years, we would, you know, go to dinner together. So we had gone to dinner together in the fall of, I guess it was about 2017. It was about four or five months later that she called me and said that conversation we had at dinner that night. She said, first of all, I've never forgotten a conversation we had sitting on the living room floor when we were in school, and I don't remember that conversation. And she said that had stuck with her for 30 years, whatever that conversation was, it was about Jesus. And she said that coupled with the conversation that we had over dinner has just made me realize that I am at a place where Jesus needs to be the Lord in my life, and I want him to be my savior. And and she said, I don't know if I did it right, but I just said a prayer and asked him to do that. And I'm like, well, that's good enough. And then um, and then we got to baptize her. And so that was huge, that huge so moment. Beautiful,
0: yeah. And like we talked about when we launched the podcast, those everyday conversations and everyday moments, you have no idea what a difference they can make when you just talk about Jesus with yep. other people. That's so cool. And that was a backyard chat, essentially. Mm-hmm. It happened in the living room, but it was a
1: backyard chat, so much so that I don't even remember it. Like, it was just a normal conversation to me, but it was a seed that was planted that God used in such a powerful way. So I'll say this, keep talking to all your friends about Jesus. You just never know what an impact it'll make.
0: That's exactly right.
1: And then there was one that happened years ago now, a lady had lost her husband. They were later in life, so they were, I think, in their uh, mid-80s when the husband passed away. And I had known them for several years and didn't really know their story. I knew that they had children from other marriages, so I knew that they were a second marriage, but I didn't know anything else about it other than they were a second marriage. And they'd been married for years. I want to say 20, 30 years. Easy. Maybe more than that, even. Uh, Probably more like 30, 40 years. And so... One day, I just got a phone call from her, and she said, I'm desperate for something in my life to change. And she told me the story of their relationship. And they had worked together and had had an affair. It broke up both of their families, and she had enormous, enormous guilt about that. And so we talked about forgiveness and forgiving ourselves and confession and asking God for forgiveness and what it means when God takes our sin and throws it as far as the East is from the West and how gracious and compassionate and tenderhearted God is toward us when we truly do seek forgiveness for real. And when we repent and turn and want to do things differently, and I got to pray with her. And I will just say from my end, I felt the power of the Holy Spirit at work. It was like one of those super powerful prayers where as I was praying, I was like, oh, this was like an ordained moment and I'm just getting to be a part of it. Then as I followed up with her, she said for her, there was a release that happened during the time we were praying and that she's never really looked back, that she's been able to forgive herself and to live in the freedom that God gives us. And so
0: that was huge for me too. Wow. That is a very, very sweet moment. Mm. All right, let's talk about some wisdom because I know that you are full of wisdom and that's one of the things that we love and treasure about you the most. Can you share just one nugget of wisdom for everyone? It's what I say all the time, get in God's word. That's good. You'll
1: meet him on the pages every time if you will, if you'll be in God's word. The other thing I would say too is just surround yourself with people who are in God's word Hmm. because the way most of us do life, we are going to ask those who are close to us for advice or for direction at times. And you want somebody who's in God's word as much or more than you to be giving you that advice.
0: That's beautiful. What about a negative wisdom specifically for parents?
1: Similar, I would say let your children see you practice your faith, whether they see you pray whether they see you reading the Bible, whether they see you at a small group Bible study, or whether they serve alongside you at an event, let them see you living out your faith. And also, I would say, surround yourself with other parents who are parenting for the same goal. Absolutely. So if you're trying to raise a godly child, then surround yourself with other parents who are also trying to raise godly children.
0: That's beautiful, beautiful wisdom. Thank you for sharing that with us. Any other final words that you have? This is your last episode with us. However, I know that you will come back as a special guest from time to time. I will gladly
1: do that. So, here's my question. What is your funniest memory of me? Oh
0: gosh, do you really want me to share?
1: Probably <laughs> not, but I'm going to I'm a risk taker. I'm feeling risky today. I'm like <gasps>
0: I don't that you can share. The, the funniest I one that you
1: can actually share. That's a tricky one of you. Or <laughs> with me when I was
0: there. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I just think we have so many random stories that wouldn't be funny to anybody but us. Yeah. But one of the ones I hold on to is embarrassing on me, but shows your character and your love. The first time that I had a real conversation with you, you would come to my house and wanted to talk to me about being the day school director at the church. And I was like trying to turn you down politely, but you were kind of persistent and Taylor was a little and fussy. And you said, well, let's go to wherever his playroom is. And I prided myself on having a really clean house downstairs. And here you were wanting to go upstairs and we go up there and you were like, Oh, toys on the floor. That's nothing. I got five kids. And you sat on the couch and then pulled out Taylor's dirty underwear and I was mortified, but you didn't care. You were like, girl, this is nothing, believe me. And the rest is history. You didn't give up on me. And we've done a lot of fun ministry together.
1: Yeah, that's so funny because it probably truly did not faze me. I it mean, didn't. I had five kids. I usually had some kind of child's, you know, not vomit or anything, but something on me where they had touched me or whatever. And so I can't tell you how many times I would get to work or get to church and start picking off stuff. And I'm like, that looks like so and so's peanut butter. You know, what I mean it was just stuff always on you.
0: So Yeah, you you had nothing. And I'll never forget you being in a meeting or me being in a meeting and you having Taylor and William upstairs by your office and you sending me a text and said, Lovely, our boys are drawing boobies on the board. And I said, what? And you go, oh, now they're drawing square boobies.
1: They were square. <laughs> they wanted to, they were going to change them. They were like, they just wanted to make them. They oh were a little artist at
0: the time. Yeah. So funny. I mean, we've just got so many stories. But I think one of the funniest, and Chris Bruce, if you're listening, you will laugh too, but we were headed to Atlanta to the Orange Conference. And we had brought a big team with us. And we had gone through security except for one. And our youth pastor no, at No, first, time. remember, first they unloaded all of oh, my yeah, orange, yeah. everything, including yes. my orange underwear. That's like right. We were,
1: we were going for, they
0: That's have this right. thing where
1: if, the person who wears the most orange wins something. And so, like, I had everything orange I, that I could possibly find. And they pulled me over in security, and I don't even know why. And this is before they really had... um like, now they'll take you, like, back around the corner. Girl, no. No, it was they're, out for everybody. It out for everybody to see. There's actually somebody snapped a picture of them going through my, yes, my suitcase. I have
0: that. We'll post it in the, in the comments. People need to see that. And we're looking at, where's Karen? She's over there, and they're holding her things up, and she's, you can see her they're arms shaking flying. This, they're shaking out yes. the clothes. Like. They're, like, looking for something good in there, and she's very irritated. They finally get done, and she's having to put all her stuff back, and she's really irritated at this point. And then our youth pastor comes through, and he's like, she's like, let's go. And he goes, I can't. They can't find my boarding pass. And she said, what do you mean they can't find your boarding pass? And he's standing there with his thumbs under the straps of his backpack, turning from side to side, scared to death. He's like, I don't know. And He was like a like little kid who, who uh-uh. missed the bus and didn't know what to do. So she turns, and she starts looking around for it. Well, there's a barricaded area for security employees only. She didn't care. See,
1: I so I was so frustrated and so I was blinded you were by blinded. my frustration. That's I didn't right. even see that it was barricaded. I like I didn't even know I had walked into the special security area. And she goes
0: back there and they're like, "Ma'am, you can't be back here." And she said, "You can't lose a boarding pass." And they're like talking to her about it. And all of a sudden, she pulls out a diva finger and her index finger stretches out. I swear it like telescoped out. And she's wagging it at those people. And she said, you mean to tell me you've got this whole place under security and you can't find a boarding pass that came from there to there? And she's like going on and on with them. And they're like, ma'am, ma'am. And then all of a sudden, they hold out the piece of paper. She grabs it and runs and goes, let's go, guys. We <laughs> <laughs> take off did.
1: running. This lady, her eyes, she was one of the other security people. And she was trying to help me out. I think she's like, this lady's about to get arrested over a boarding pass. But she hears the whole commotion going on.
0: It was really funny. I'll never forget it. I thought we were all going to jail because Karen was ticked off about it. Well, we were going to miss
1: our plane because they wanted us to go back and have it printed. And I was like, this is ridiculous. It has to be like we're only 10 feet from where they took it. Like it has to be within this
0: 10 foot square. Like how can we not find that? So (laughs) anyway. So funny. We just had lots of shenanigans along the way, finding an alligator tail randomly on the side of the road and turned around to go back for it so we could play a joke on somebody at church and put it under their car. And we just have all kinds of silly stories. We have a lot of really good ministry moments too. It's not all bloopers, but you are a treasure and I love you dearly. I would not be where I am in ministry without your love, your support, your guidance, and all the wisdom that you've poured into me and all the encouragement and if I say anything else, I'm going to start bawling like a baby. But you are—I well, never cry, so I don't. You know, I not know. know anything about that. Never, ever, ever. And we're just so thankful that you were part of the spark that said we're doing this podcast and we're making it happen. And we've got Richard, and he's our engineer, and he knows how to do all this stuff. And so, I just thank you for seeing things through and believing in all of us. And I know everyone listening will absolutely agree with me on that. I will say this: I cannot, and I will cry
1: because you know I'm a cryer. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot think of a better partner in ministry than you.
0: Thank you. We and make a good team. That's all I can say. I know it's We're so
1: different. I mean, in so many ways. Like I'm I'm definitely I'm glass half empty and the water and it's polluted. Like I'm that negative. And then you're like uber positive. And so um, you've grounded me a lot. So I thank you for that.
0: My favorite was when your word of the year was positivity. So much we had to do it. We had to have a repeat. <laughs> and we had to have it two years. <laughs> two years in a row. And okay. I actually still
1: have it sitting <laughs> on my mantle because I have not conquered it yet. I'm going to, but I haven't
0: yet. So <laughs> That's so funny. I'm a work in progress, and I'm trusting that God's going to keep working that in me for sure. Absolutely. We cannot wait to see what God does in you and through you on your new adventures as the missions pastor at the Woodlands UMC. I mean, I know you're going to have some incredible stories, so we're absolutely going to have you back to share some of those things of how you get to take the gospel literally to the ends of the world and just share Jesus. And as my dad would say, give them Jesus. That's all I know how to do. So stay tuned for the next series that we are launching here on the Backyard Chat. We are headed back to school with some great wisdom and some tips for parents with kids from all ages and stages. We have a new host that will announce very soon, so stay tuned and don't miss a single episode. If you don't want to miss a single episode of the Backyard Chat Podcast, be sure to follow the show in your Apple Podcast app by clicking on the three dots in the top right corner of your screen. And if you're feeling really adventurous,
1: click on the arrow to share the show with all your friends.
0: We, we can't, can't wait, wait to, to chat. chat with you.